one more of these, and then we call it a weekend. Welcome inside the TCA studio. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you for joining us here today. Uh, Good-looking show today. This is going to be a lot of fun, as it's Black Friday in the U.S., the day after American Thanksgiving, and that means the NHL is going to do something really odd, something they haven't done much of lately. They're going to play some hockey games. After two nights this week of not bothering to uh, to program anything, they will have a fairly full schedule here on Friday. And one of those games will see Alex Marchand send DJ walk into the booth, sit down, and pump out the tunes at the Canadian Tire Centre for the 800th time in his career. We're going to talk to him about that in just a second. That's going to be uh, a lot of fun. 800 games is a hell of a run. So uh, we thought it might be fun to sort of catch up with him and I don't know, see what he thinks as he's sort of arrived at this occasion. That's a long time to work for one organization and, and doing a job. He's built quite a relationship with the fan base as well. You can see him on social media all the time. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Wanted to remind you guys first, uh, it's been a good week around here. If you go back one episode, wherever you're hearing me right now in your app or uh, or just at talkinaudio.com, Lever Sage was back in here for his Thursday slot. That was a lot of fun. Talked a lot of football. Uh, a lot of unnecessary rule changes that he's uh, he's not happy about. We got into some of that. Certainly some hockey. Uh, always fun when when Lee's in here for uh, for a couple of beers. And uh, before that, earlier in the week, of course, uh, Michaela Schreider and Vanessa Sanchez were in here. That was uh, that was a lot of fun too. So uh, if you haven't had a chance yet, go back and check those out. Looking ahead to next week, of course, for Sage will be back in here. We're working on a couple of things, but it does look like finally, and I'm going to keep hitting them with this term. The Pigeon, <laughs> Graham Creech, uh, will be back in here late next week. That'll probably drop for you on uh, on next Friday. But uh, we'll have some other irons in the fire as well. We'll we'll keep working on, so stick around for all that. But uh, with all that out of the way, we might as well get right into it here. We might as well bring him in, the man of the hour, a guy celebrating his 800th game, getting Sens fans riled up out at Canadian Tire Centre with the music that he's playing. Alex Marchand, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you, Matt? I'm doing pretty well. I appreciate you making some time. This is uh, for uh, for newer listeners to the show. This is your second appearance here. I think the first time we talked, we were still all locked at home in the early days of uh, of the pandemic. So kind of nice that uh, that's not the case now and everybody's back kind of to normal. But I'm glad you made some time for us because uh, you have quite the uh, quite the landmark coming up. Friday's game, you're 800th pumping out the tunes for Sens fans, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how quick uh, how quick time has gone. Um you know, it's it's been it was an honor back then. It's an honor still today to to be able to to be at all the games and to to entertain fans. You know, things have changed, but at the same time, things kind of stay the same as well. So, no, it's it's been a real pleasure and a real honor to do it. So, when you first go in there, what, what year is it that you get started with the Sens? So, I came in right after the full year lockout. Okay. So that would have been two thousand five, two thousand six season. Um, and so this, this year is my 19th season, uh, going at it. So at that time, when you come in those, those first couple games, do you know the gig is yours or are you filling in for someone? Is it part-time or like, do they throw you right in the deep end? So you're the guy. Um, no, I was, I was pretty much the guy. Um, so my, uh, my boss at the time, now city councilor, Glenn Gower, uh, had worked with me for the last six seasons with the Ottawa 67s. Uh, and he had, uh, during uh, the lockout um, for the NHL, had applied for the uh, game presentation director job at the, the Sens uh, and announced to me, you know, in, in that last year with the 67s in 2005, that he would be leaving once the uh, the Sens and the NHL kicked back up. 
uh, for me at the time, it was a bit of a, uh, a shock, but then he immediately asked me if I would be interested in coming along with him to uh, take over at the Sens, uh, which was uh, something I had never expected to, to ever happen. Um, and, and in such, uh, at the time, I just came in and, you know, I, I hit the ground running and I, I didn't think, you know, 19 years later, I'd still be doing it uh, 800 games in. Uh, but it's 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 just amazing how quickly time flew by and how much fun we've had over the last you know 19 seasons. Uh, again, like I said, I'm pretty myself, but it's been quite the honor. So that's I think totally understandable. Um, I'm curious though, like as as you've moved through this and and arrived at 800 games, at what point, like, are you someone who like? Um, I don't like scrapbooks is not the right term, but like, when do you start keeping track of the number or like, are you always sort of one of those people who keeps count? Oh, I did 41 <laughs> home games this year or, or like, when do you start to notice, wow, this is really piling up. Um, having only missed three games over the last 19 seasons makes it a bit easier to do the math. Sure. Uh, I probably started about, um, Maybe about three, four years ago, I, I kind of went back into to my calendar and my archives and started doing the math. But it was pretty simple knowing uh, that I had only missed three games over those last 19 seasons, uh, well, at the time. And um, and so once I started putting it all together, I just started realizing that uh, it was a lot more hockey than I expected uh, to have worked over that time. I'm curious, like, as you, as you go to work now, is it almost... I, I I don't know, like, are you jaded at all about it? Does it ever lose its specialness? And maybe that's a silly question, because you've already pointed out that, that you still consider this to be an honor. Like, at what point does it stop being, I cannot believe I'm working NHL games, and more so become, yeah, no, this is this is my world, this is my booth, this is where I sit down and do this, this is my day-to-day? Um, I mean, it's... I don't think I get jaded. Uh, I don't think I, I, I've i ever taken it completely for granted. Uh, when we had that second lockout, which was a half season, at first I, I really appreciated you know, maybe a little bit more time with the family and, and, and with my wife. And then I started realizing how much I, I really missed it. Um, and, and after that, um, I always said to myself that the day that I didn't enjoy doing it anymore, the day that I just didn't feel like I had the connection with the fans and and, and with the crowd, uh, would be the day that I would uh, that I would hang it up. And to be quite honest with you, um, you know, having now since I've been with the Sens, had three kids, uh, and uh, you know, a lot of personal career progression at my full time job. Uh, you know, there were some moments of reflection over the last few years, you know, how much longer I may have in me. Um, but at the same time, uh, when I always, you know, put the pros and the cons together, I just couldn't imagine uh, not doing this uh, every game. Uh, so for the time being, I just, I still have that passion. I still have that, you know, drive to to be there and, and, and to, to, to entertain the crowd. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about or, or kind of get your opinion on or your take on is because I'm not sure how much people who don't do what you do think about this, but there's a creative element that goes into this, right? Like if something unexpected happens in terms of a fall or a fight or a whatever, I'm sure you've got a couple things in the back of your mind that, you know, maybe I'll hit the stone cold Steve Austin music here if it's a big fight or something. But like, 
you seem to be one of those people when something happens in the arena that like can think really quickly on your feet. That's like, no, this is, I can get that song right now. That's going to be perfect for this moment. Is that something that, that you're conscious of as you're doing it? How much of it is just sort of like, we have these songs that we use in these moments. I sort of have pre-planned that and how much of it is sort of thinking on the fly. Well, some of it is pre-planned just based on the, you know, probably thousand plus games I've done total at this, uh, at this professional over the years uh, that, you know, um, have come to me and then I've, you know, put into my system, but then there's always an idea that might pop into my head just very organically when something happens and, and, and then I just do it. Um, and sometimes it hits and sometimes I get told never to do it again. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I do also at the same time uh, uh, try to also listen to the fans. You know, I, I'm, I'm, somewhat active on 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 social media uh and when people send me ideas or send me uh you know requests i i take them in consideration um and 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 i've you know been happy over the last many years of you know being able to harness social media in a positive way um and be able to return to the fans a, a little bit so that when they attend the game uh there's a few people out there who say hey i recommended that song or hey i recommended sure. that sound effect or hey I, that was my idea and I, I think it just kind of brings it all together because in the end it's it's not just about me because personally it's not it's it's about the fans and their experience even if they're not physically in the building even if they're listening at home on tv um sometimes just having that for them is is really special and and that's allowed me over the last you know many years to be able to to integrate ideas that fans give me and then it allows me to basically make uh what I do in the music and the sounds that are played at games, just very unique. And um, yeah, like I said, some things come organically and are great. And sometimes, uh, you know, things are just pre-planned. That was one of the things I wanted to ask you, but was your social media presence? Because when you look around pro sports, you, you do see a bit of it. There are, uh, you know, some, some DJs and some uh, in arena voices and things like that, that like to interact with the fans. Others are more happy to keep to themselves. And I'm not sure there's a right or wrong way of doing it, but when did you decide like, Hey, I'm going to grab this handle, this sends DJ handle, and I'm going to start trying to uh, interact with the fans a little more. And like, was it always as smooth? I- I've noticed, like you said, it's overwhelmingly positive the way people interact with you. There are always exceptions. Twitter's not a great place sometimes, but I'm curious, like, how does that idea come to you? And and when do you decide like this might be an interesting way for me to interact with the sends fans who are either watching on TV or here in the building? Well, you know, I've I've had my my Twitter account for quite some time but i was never really using it to its full potential probably still or not i'm not uh however uh many years ago my my boss had asked me uh i think it was probably the last home game of the year it was fan appreciation night and he suggested that maybe i should consider taking live requests in games so they would put up uh my handle on the uh, on the scoreboard and at a few times during the game and then I would monitor my Twitter and during the game and play uh, requests from people that were sending in their their song requests during the game um, and then that's kind of when it started snowballing where I went from having maybe you know tens of followers to you know over three thousand followers um, and, and and then I just started kind of using it a bit more to to interact with the fans and to to give people a, a place to uh, reach out and feel they had a connection uh, with with the in-game entertainment. Um, and it's been overwhelmingly positive uh, 
for all this time, like you said earlier, there there's always some negative uh, people out there who uh, tend to, to 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 have a different opinion. Um, and at first, that was very difficult for me. I took it very uh, the comments very personally, um, and it took me a little bit of time. And now it's honestly something that doesn't concern or bother me anymore. It's uh, uh, you know, and I think that's part of, of learning and growing is that, you know, I just realized that one or two, you know, people out there who may not appreciate what you're doing doesn't mean that you're not doing a great job. Sure. Uh, I wanted to get your perspective because this is something that we see more and more. I know the Sabres do it. I think there's one or two other teams that go with the personalized, uh, goal songs, depending on who scores the goal. It's sort of like the walk-up music in, in baseball and, uh, Ottawa's dabbled with it a little bit I know with Alfie in the past and and things like that but how much more challenging would it make your job um to know that like I got to know right away who that was did someone get a stick on it at the last second um or do you prefer uh you know the the communal sense right now the sense have had that song too for a very long time everybody knows the the woohoo at the right time it's kind of fun in the crowd together do you do you have a preference? Would you like to see the team try individual goal songs or do you like the way it is now? Well, so before social media, which obviously is an amplifier for, for this kind of stuff, uh, the Sens were not just doing specific goal songs for people just like Alfie. We actually did do quite a few seasons of individual goal songs for our players uh, to the point where I actually had a volunteer spotter working the games to actually help me identify who scored during the games mm -hmm. uh, because it is sometimes, from my vantage point, not the easiest uh, place to see who scores um, and we did it for quite a few seasons and then um, at the time I was uh, then told that um, there was going to be a bit of a change of, of 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 approach and that they were going to go with a one song one team one song um, idea and and then for the next few years we kind of alternated goal songs pretty much every season uh, you know there there's quite a few of them uh, that were out there one of the more popular ones over the last few years that people really like was Wake Me Up by Avicii oh, yeah. uh, that was our goal song for a couple of seasons uh, and then we dabbled with a few other songs some of them were uh, just uh, catchy tunes. Some of them were actually a bit lyrically linked to the Sens uh, kind of like marketing theme of the year. For example, uh, there was one year, I think the marketing slogan was Ready for More and the song was More by Usher. Right. Um, so, so you know, there were things like that that were done. Um, and then uh, I would say, I think it was, I, I can't remember how many years ago, but I uh, we, we reverted back to our, uh, which was more commonly known as our playoff goal song, which is Blur Song 2, uh, as a full-time song. Uh, and, and I know the the I would say, knowing full well that the uh, on on Twitter specifically, uh, I would say it's pretty much a fifty-fifty split about how people feel about that song. Some people love it and think it should be our song at all times, right. and some people feel that we should uh, retire it and change it up. Um, Personally, myself, uh, having grown up in the you know and watching the sense since day one, uh, I th and, and then you know in the early two thousands when that song came to prominence, uh, I, I I love it and I, I I would personally continue to use it, but at the same time, I'm not the one who uh, who who gets paid the big dollars to make that decision. Um, but at the same time, I think you know, like I said, I think it's a it's split down the middle. I think some fans love it, some fans 
would like to see it go. Um, in the end, I'll always be open to ideas and recommendations, and then I always bring them forward to, to my bosses to as, as ideas going forward. As you know, I'm a Leaf guy, so I've been kind of worn down on the goal song debate on the Hall & Oates and then uh, the couple different they've tried this year and it's it's just become too big of a thing. I've almost tapped out on the entire discussion. But one of the things I, I always kind of like about, you know, uh, and I think is damaged by, I think it's fun. I think the idea of each player having their own goal song is kind of fun. But I think you damage the communal sense of it, right? I, I look at maybe the best yeah. example in the league is Nashville, right? They have all these chants. They have it all. They have the song afterwards. Everybody knows when you show up what to sing and it's, it's really cool vibes and you would, you'd sacrifice a little bit of that and uh, by kind of, it could be any one of 20 different songs that uh, depends who scored the goal and then, oh, we, we missed it. Someone got a stick on it at the last second. And it, I don't know, it just, to me, it opens up a can of worms. I, I think if you forced me to come down on one side, I'd keep the, the communal one, the one that everybody knows that's the one we're going to play all the time. Yeah, I, I, I actually tend to agree with you. Like I said, I wouldn't be against going back to, to individual player goal songs, but at the same time, uh, it doesn't mean that each player is going to want to provide one. Uh, so then what do you do in those circumstances? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I personally agree with the, uh, with the element of one team, one song, and then one song that everyone knows that can chant along to it. And I, I think right now, we still have that. Yep. I, I know some people will say that it's 20 plus years old and we should move on. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, Chicago has been using the same song for how many years? Sure. Uh, the Rangers, Matt? same and, thing. Yeah. And the Rangers. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure their fan bases have the same debate that sure. the Sens fans are having. Uh, so in the end, I, I don't think you'll ever make anyone totally happy with it. Um, yeah. And anyway, I think the Leafs are <laughs> an example that's perfect. Um, and, and the moment they did try to actually change a song that, you know, we can all agree or disagree on if it was a great goal song, mm-hmm. um, you know, things got in the way and it got their new song got played for what one game yes. and then, <laughs> uh, and then it's been rotating through a few other songs since then. Uh, so at the same time, you know, we have a song that, uh, causes no issues and, and, you know, and fans still completely react to every night. And it, like, I'm one of those people who maybe thinks song two is a little spent or, or whatever, but there's no doubt when you watch the games, if you're there in person or the playoffs are going on, it's 20,000 people get swept up in singing that, you know, that chorus or whatever there. And you would lose that if you change it. And there is, as you mentioned there with the Leafs, like there was zero chance that there was ever going to be one song you could pick that was going to please everybody. So it's always going to be a, a debate. And so when you look at what happens in the building when the Sens score a big goal or an overtime winner or whatever, the whole crowd is still singing along. So even if it feels like it might be 20 years old, like there's still something about it that that can grab you in that moment. And I, I think, yeah, it, it might be difficult to and, to toy with that, right? Like, and the simplicity of the song yeah. is, is also, I think, uh, an important factor. You know, it's it's literally <laughs> two, two words, right. you know, two three-letter words that a child, a three-year-old fan who's going to his first game will know how to sing to and chant to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very easy to get the entire fan base behind it uh, very easily. Um, and I think, you know, I think we should appreciate that a little bit too, that it's easy for the fans to uh, to, to, to hop in and, and they'll know immediately what to do. Of course. So uh, I'd be remiss while I got you here. I should ask you what you think of, of the team so far this year. They're just coming back from Europe, two big wins over there. Um, you know, a bit of a, a stumble there after uh, at one point, but they seem to have 
uh, to right at the ship here a little bit. But uh, what have you made of the the early senators? I think it's been it's been outstanding. Um, you know, it's we have such a great core players with the team who uh, I think as as an like just as a fan myself, not as an employee, I can see that there's. Um, they like to be together. They like to, to to spend time together. They they seem to all have each other's back and and, and support each other. And I think that's really wonderful to see. Um, and, and you know, I think I think that you know it's still early, very early in the season. I think uh, you know people get uh, very nervous after just one month uh, when the season starts. And, and I think right now it's it's going very well. And I think we're we're looking forward to another. Uh, great few months coming up. So last thing for you then, as you go in for uh, game 800 on Friday, um, you know, uh, is there anything that you'll allow yourself to kind of mark the occasion? I know you're not the type of guy to make things about yourself and, and things like that, but is there a song you can remember you played during the first game that you'll kind of slide back in there? It's still appropriate now, so I want to use it again, or like little things like that that you'll you'll use to mark the occasion. Yeah, like I said, I I don't tend to take much time to reminisce about myself and you know put myself out there uh but for some reason this this marker you know I turned 40 this year and this marker for me was one that kind of meant something a bit more than all the other ones um and I just kind of started kind of getting maybe it's because I'm older and starting reminiscing about the last 19 seasons sure. and, and you know the good times I've had uh, at this job and the amazing people I've had the privilege of working with or still get to work with every day and there's a few that are still there from my first day that are <laughs> still with the organization working with us there's a handful of us so you know it's it's really nice to to have that uh, that 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 friendship that I have uh, with these people um, the, the one thing I remember is um, my 100th game, I do remember that one. So that was uh, game three of the Stanley Cup final in 2007. No way. Um, and yeah, and my uh, I had done a special warm-up for that game where the um, first song of the warm-up was Linkin Park, uh, Bleed It Out, and the lyrics go, here we go for the 100th time. Yeah, and okay. I just kind of, and I just played that just, it was kind of a nod to myself. Sure. Um, and then I, I don't know, I just felt like maybe I should just play that song again as a kind of reminder of how far I've come uh, since I started. Um, and then after that, like I said, it's it's just really living in the moment. I'm going to approach this game so cliche, I'm going to sound like a player. I'm going to approach <laughs> this game like any other game. Um, you know, take it one whistle at a time. Sure. Um, but... Um, but no, I I really am looking very very much forward to this. You know, it's it's been it's been wonderful. I get to spend my spare time going to every NHL game in the city, um, and 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 get to make a living off it as well. And it's been it's been so wonderful, and I'm so happy to be able to do it. Um, and I hope to be able to do it for you know a few seasons more. Uh, I know one day that time will come uh, that I'll step aside and let the next person come in. Um, and and a good friend of mine says, you know, said to me the other day, just so here's the 800 more. And I don't personally think I'll have it in me to be doing this at 60. <laughs> um, 
But you got to get to the thousand well, mark you now. Know, you got to reach it. And, and I, I, yeah, it's kind of I, I've calculated it's probably going to be about four and a half, five years before I can reach that marker, and, and we'll see how things go. Sure. Um, like I said, I'm not unfortunately getting any younger, <laughs> but uh, and and let's just say that. Uh, this lifestyle of working games at night and then going to my full-time job in the during the day uh, uh, can take its toll on you, especially when you have kids. So uh, we'll we'll see how things go. But right now, I'm still enjoying it, and you know, I, I look forward to uh, be able to do it for a little bit, uh, a little while longer. I know I promised you that was going to be the last one, but I, I've forgotten here. I did want to ask you: Is there a game or two? You know, you've you've mentioned your hundredth game and and some. Uh, moments like that but is there a game or two that you remember thinking like this is really cool a a standout moment or because of a song you were able to use or just the occasion that you were really you know thrilled to be a part of anything stand out over 800 games I'm sure there's got to be a couple in there there's just so many amazing moments that I've gotten to be a part of it's it's really hard to tell from from Stanley from my first game to the Stanley Cup finals to uh work the outdoor NHL 100 classic to you know getting to work the draft uh, to working the All Star game and all these other events not even counting towards the my my NHL tally you know with the World Juniors that were there and coming back uh, in you know next year um, there's just so much that I've done over the years that I am so grateful to have had the opportunity to do and also at the same time so appreciative of the trust. That uh, not only the Sens have shown in me, but also uh, the NHL and Hockey Canada um, that have shown in me for for all these events. And at the same time, I'm so grateful for my time with the Ottawa 67s from 1999 to, to 2005. And I'm grateful to the Gatineau Olympics for taking me on over the last few years. Uh, you know, uh, to to allow me to to be able to to do it with them as well. Um, the trust that they show in me and the confidence they have in me is is so appreciated. Um, and I t- don't take it for granted any day. You know, it's it's wonderful. So you know, as I go into my 800th NHL game tomorrow and my 50th uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey game tonight, uh, I'm just so happy to be able to part of all these organizations and these uh, teams that have shown their confidence in me. Well, I know I said this to you last time, but it bears repeating, and and I think it takes a special skill. I'm a fan of your work. I think when you go in there, it's not easy um, to balance. I want this to feel like a hockey arena. There's some classic rock people want to hear. There's things like that that you're used to at a hockey game, but there's kids here who want to hear the new hits, right? And there's times that you got to crank up the energy in a little. It's not easy to find that balance, I'm sure, on when to hit these certain marks. I think you do a wonderful job, man. 800 games is an incredible run. Congratulations on it. Thanks, Matt. You've been, uh, you've always been a supporter and I appreciate it very much. Uh, and you know, again, I look forward to our, our next chat together. I appreciate you making the time for me. And, uh, and you know, if, if you get to a thousand, I'm sure you'll be back on here to talk about it with us. So thank you so much, man. Thank you very much, Matt. Okay. So there he goes. Alex Marchand getting set for his 800th game as the DJ out at the uh, the Canadian Tire Center for the Ottawa Senators. That's a lot of fun. Cool to get his perspective. He's been doing this a long time. He's one of the best in the league at doing it, so uh, very cool to, uh, to talk to him. And that's going to do it for another week. Like I said, some good stuff up on the podcast feed already. Lever Sage has been on the podcast. Vanessa Sanchez, Michaela Schreider. Uh, we've had a good time around here, so make sure you go back and, and check some of that out. And we will look ahead to all new stuff next week, including the return 
of Graham Creech. So that's all going to be a lot of fun. But that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Matt Robinson. I hope you all have a great weekend, and we'll see you Monday. That's it. Not work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.